The details about the contract between the Cardinals and Sonny Gray have been released, and there's some interesting aspects to it that could give the Cardinals more flexibility this season. Plus, we'll take a look at some of the available relief pitchers on the free agent market. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, X, at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at L.O. underscore Cardinals, and I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I said free. You're listening to it right now, so you know it's free. Uh, we are also available for free. On YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, and comment if you're going to come by there. Uh, help uh, interact with us, have discussions about the Cardinals, what they're doing, what they're not doing. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the back. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit Vandal.com slash locked on to get started. So here we are on Wednesday, November the 29th. And at this moment, all seems well in the Cardinal baseball world, right? Is it perfect? No. Is there a chance that more things could happen and should happen? Yes. You know, um, the bullpen stunk last year, right? You know, the, the bullpen was terrible last year. We haven't heard anything about what they're going to do to address that yet. Again, very early on in the free agent stuff, and we've got the winter meetings coming up next week. So there's there's room to go out and do some stuff. Everybody needs to just calm down. It's kind of crazy that the Cardinals have gotten so much done already. But at this moment, we're not really hearing a whole lot of complaining, are we? Not a whole lot of complaining. Especially the, considering after the way things were going after the initial signings of Lance Lynn and Cal Gibson, I know I'm not complaining as much. And I was one of the first people that was like, what are we doing? I did my fair share of whining <laughs> right away because after it happened, I was questioning why the Cardinals would go after guys like Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, guys who seem like they're way low on the totem pole of free agent pitchers, why they would do it so quickly. And it seems as though that the Cardinals probably did the smart thing by jumping the market, grabbing the three guys before just about anyone else got anybody. Because it's not like there's a ton of people signing everywhere yet. They've solidified the back of their rotation with a couple of guys that are normally healthy, normally throw a lot of innings. You expect an improvement from Lance Lynn from last year, those 44 home runs. It's an anomaly. At least we hope so, right? Compared to what he's done the rest of his career, that's not the guy he usually is. Is there a guarantee that he doesn't get shelled again this year? No, absolutely not. But in his career, 44 home runs is not something that has normally happened to him, okay? To be that home run prone is not something that Lance Lynn normally fell victim to. So Cardinals 
obviously banking on that, that he'll uh, show some improvement. Because it wasn't that long ago that Lance Lynn was extremely good. And maybe he just kind of lost his way. Maybe he got out of shape a little bit. Uh, I, I heard Cardinals Hall of Famer and uh, I guess we could say former bench coach Matt Holliday talking about Lynn on uh, KFNS the other day during their, the, the Hot Take Central. And Holiday was uh, discussing Lance Lynn and how that Lance was looking to shed some weight this year. He wants to come in a, a bit lighter. And let's be honest, if you look at photos of Lynn from last year, he got, he got a little overweight. It happened. Remember, it happened to Albert as well. He got heavy when he was in L.A. with the Angels that final year. Then he goes over to the Dodgers, and um, he got a little heavy in that final year. He looked much better when he came back to St. Louis, and we saw him thrive. And I know what you're saying. You're like, are you really comparing Lance Lynn to Albert Pujols? And the answer is yes. Yes, I am. But I'm just talking about the waistline region. I'm going to show you a picture here on YouTube because I got one because I was looking at it earlier. Um, here is Albert when he was a Dodger. See this little his gut right here? Yeah, not great. And we know Albert had foot issues, so it makes, you know, running and riding bikes, it makes it tough to lose weight. Well, here he is with the Cardinals on opening day the following year. Trim, him and Wado and Yachty hanging out together. So, um, that's something that Albert did. He reestablished his workout to another level and he got in better shape. And lo and behold, things worked out. Uh, Mo even said that Lance with an edge is a good Lance. And uh, perhaps that's the guy we get in 2024. Someone with that edge, somebody with something to prove after an ugly year. And uh, at least that's what we're hoping for, right? Uh, Kyle Gibson, a lot, a lot of hits, a lot of runs. He still won 15 games with Baltimore who for much of the summer had the best record in the league, uh, was good enough to be on their staff as a, a back-of-the-end rotation guy. So why is he all of a sudden not good enough for the Cardinals? And I know we all wanted Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Blake Snell and Sonny Gray added to the team, and then you've got Michaelis and Mats. That Those were the names we were shooting for. We were aiming for the stars, weren't we? Um, but... Reality was that probably wasn't going to happen. There's just too many teams looking for pitching for the Cardinals to fill not one, but three holes that they had in their rotation and be able to do it with just superstars with all top tier guys. Like it's just, it's not a realistic idea. It's a fun thing to dream about, but it's not a realistic idea. So they got those two guys. They go get Sonny Gray, Cy Young contender last year uh, to go along with these to innings eaters and just looking at the rotation now. I mean, compare it to last year, you have to say that it's an upgrade. I mean, was anybody that confident in what Jack Flaherty was going to bring to the table last year? I wasn't. Nobody knew what we were going to get. We were hoping we were going to get the guy that was the ace of the staff a couple years ago, but that didn't happen. Adam Wainwright, sadly, one of the worst seasons in baseball history. It was tough to watch. Jordan Montgomery was excellent, but as a combination of three pitchers replacing those three guys, Greg Gibson and Lynn, that's better than what you had last year. Now, could they add more? Well, yes. The details released about Sonny Gray's contract actually raised a few eyebrows because it gives the team some flexibility this year to go add more pieces. Another starter, perhaps. Bullpen help for sure. 
So here's what I got for you. These are the details in case you haven't heard about it yet on the uh, Sunny Gray contract. We knew about the three-year 75 million club option for a fourth year, but it is dispersed. Not e is not dispersed evenly over three years. This year's salary for Gray is actually going to be $10 million, not 25 if you were to break it up three years. So it's going to be 10 million this year. Year two, it jumps to 25. And then in year three, we're at 35 million. And then the club option in year four is at 30 million with the $5 million buyout, which is spread out $1 million over the next five years. So the 10 million for this year, that is significant. That's what we're, we're going to focus on here. When we look at what we thought the Cardinals were going to spend for this season alone, the signing of all three pitchers combines for 32 million here in 2024 coming up. You got 10 million on Len, 10 for Gray, 12 for Gibson. And if you go to spotrack.com, they have the Cardinals active payroll at a little under 140 million. And with estimated arbitration numbers, that adds a few on and get you up to, to 168. So if we use the $200 million as the threshold that we think the team is targeting as their own personal cap, that's what they said they were going towards. That leaves right. And they never said it specifically, but they, you know, the words were, they were on pace to get to where were they were going last year before everything fell apart. So we think that's 200 million, right? So that's going to leave you around $30 million to use towards other needs for the team, which is good. That's a lot more. <laughs> You're getting uh, $15 million more than you thought you had. So what are some of the ways that the team can use that money to put themselves in an even better position for the postseason here in 2024? Because that's the ultimate goal. Sure, we want to win more games. We should with those three starters added, but... We want to keep going. We want to get another ring. I want. We want to get the twelfth one, right? That's the goal. So, what can they do? We're going to uh, tackle that question by looking at the free agent relief pitching market next on Locked On Cardinals. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, this is a good time. No better time to get in on the action. The app is very easy to use. Uh, I Five-star reviews for you, buddy, on my side of things. I've never had an issue with it. They've got a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props. You've got the over-unders, which I'm a big fan of as well, and a whole lot more. It's all on there, all your favorite sports, uh, but specifically football. you got another week of games set to kick off uh, tomorrow night on Thursday where the Dallas Cowboys will be at home against the Seattle Seahawks. Dallas favored by eight and a half. So um, it's actually dropped since Tuesday. Uh, I'm always a little skeptical about betting on Thursday night games because it's a short week. I feel like anything can happen on those Thursday night games. It's a, it, I, I get a little nervous about betting on those games, but other games, Steelers at home against Arizona favored by five and a half. That's one that I like for Pittsburgh. Uh, 49ers at Philly should be an awesome game to watch. Two of the best teams in the NFC, in my opinion, Philly favored by Two and a half right now. That should be uh, quite entertaining. Uh, Jacksonville favored by eight and a half at home against the Bengals on Monday night. Now, uh, Bengals without Joe Burrow. 
kind of looked lost on offense this past week against uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, Jags just keep winning. So uh, I got a lot of faith in Jacksonville right now. But so see what you think. See what other games you, uh, you, you, the, you know, stand out to you. Put your bets down. Visit fando.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories in sports of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. You can go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And again, thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Leave your comments on YouTube in the comments section. And of course, you can always reach me on Twitter X at JD Sports Radio and at LO underscore Cardinals. So with this extra money this season, we're going shopping. That's what we're doing. Uh, what could the Cardinals use it on towards and uh, to help make this, you know, this turnaround in 2024 a little more smoother? All right. It's headed in the right direction, but we need more, right? There were a lot of problems with this team. The bullpen was a big one. Obviously a spot. They need some work. Uh, Bernie Miklas over at 590 and scoops with DannyMac.com broke things down a little bit on how bad the pin really was last year compared to the 2021-22 Cardinals. And I'm going to link his article in the description for you so you can read the entire article for yourself. Uh, you really should go check it out. I'm just going to take a couple of the stats here and throw them out there too. So here he is. In 2021-22 combined, the Cardinals had the number one winning percentage in the majors when leading a game through five innings. In 2023, they were 25th in winning percentage, went ahead after five. The 21-22 Cardinals ranked third in winning percentage, went ahead after six innings. 23 Cardinals, 24th in winning percentage when holding a lead through six. Uh, you've got 21-22 Cardinals, 10th in winning percentage when trying to protect the lead built through seven innings. 23 Cardinals, 22nd in win percentage. 21-22 Cardinals had the number eight winning percentage when having a lead entering the ninth inning. 23 Cardinals, 26th in winning percentage when carrying a lead into the ninth. And um, finally, 21-22 Cardinals lost only 10 games over two seasons. Two seasons when leading through five innings. The 23 Cardinals lost 15 by themselves. That's crazy. Last season, the Cardinals relievers squandered 41 leads, blew 28 saves, and ranked 24th in the majors with a 56% save percentage. And I hate to be the guy that said I told you so, but last year when it became obvious that they weren't going to make any additions to the starting rotation, they had who they had, and they weren't going to fix anything else. They were going to stick with their dudes. And I was like, well, if that's going to be the case, great. But why not go get some relief guys and make your bullpen dominant and something super strong that you can rely on them if something were going to happen to Jack Flaherty or Steven Matz, which ultimately it all did. You know, it all came crumbling down. Um, they didn't do that either. <laughs> the rotation had a lot of problems, but when the bullpen can't hold a lead, it just makes things that much more worse. And honestly, is there anything more disheartening when you're watching the game and you're, you're going all right. Things are going well. You might have a tie or even, whoa, guess what? A lead going into the last couple of innings. And then the bullpen blows it. Like, 
in the seventh, eighth, or ninth. Like it, it you know, bad starts are going to happen. Nobody's immune to it, but at least you have time to make up for a bad start. Like if you give up three or four over the first four innings, you still got a while to go in that game to try to, you know, come back in that. When the bullpen blows a lead in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, you don't have a lot of time to come back. And uh, virtually, if it's going to be in the eighth or ninth, you have no chance, virtually no chance to come back. So those were the games that I was more upset about. Like there were moments, and I remember the one in San Francisco specifically, the home run to center field by the catcher. And like, I remember I was sitting here at the computer waiting to cut a promo and I had everything written up. I was like, all right, Cardinals win. They do this. And then pow, and it was gone. And I just wanted to throw things. I was so upset. I don't get like that over a bad start because that happens. But when the bullpen repeatedly kept doing what they were doing, uh, it just sucks the life out of you, man. And I'm sure it happened to that clubhouse. So how do we fix this? Well, let's talk about the free agent market. Okay. Two names are already gone. In case you're wondering, Ronaldo Lopez went to Atlanta. The Reds signed Emilio Pagan today. Uh, We're well aware of who Jordan Hicks is. So we don't really have to go over him, I don't think. But uh, there are some other names out there. One huge name is, uh, of course, Josh Hader. Josh Hader, a monster name that is out there on the free agent market as far as uh, relief pitchers go. Uh, still just 30 years old, although he feels like he should be 36 by now. He's not. He's 30. Posted the second lowest ERA of his career last year with San Diego. 1.28 ERA, notched 33 saves, 61 appearances. Amassed a 1.10 whip, 85 strikeouts, 30 walks, and 56 and a third innings. Spot Rack has an estimated uh, a value of $17 million per. Very expensive. Somebody's going to pony up for Hater. Somebody will do it. And as cool as it would be to pair him up with Helsley in the bullpen there, because that's kind of what we're looking at here, is that uh, Helsley can't seem to answer the bell every day. You know, it seemed like it's hard to pitch him back-to-back games. And like, and when you got restrictions on your closer like that, it makes it awfully tough. So you kind of want another t- closer type out there in the bullpen, at least in my opinion, for the Cardinals. So Hater would be great, but uh, I doubt the Cardinals get in on this one when uh, the price tag is going to be what it is. Now, here's a guy that I think um, they should show some interest in, and that is David Robertson. Cardinals haven't been shy about pursuing veterans this year age is nothing but a number to them so uh robertson's 38 he's gonna be 39 in april last year he had to take over closing duties with the mets because of that uh injury in the world baseball classic to edwin diaz he was pretty good considering it wasn't supposed to be his role last year he was supposed to be the setup guy but he took over the closer role 2.05 era 13 saves and 40 appearances before getting traded to the miami marlins at the deadline And unfortunately, when he went south, like physically, so did his numbers. 22 outings with the Marlins. ERA went to 5.06. His whip went from 1 to 1.59. And then in his lone appearance in the wildcard round, not sure if you saw this, but uh, when he went up against Philly, allowed two runs. One of those was that missile shot by JT Realmuto. Two innings of work, struck out four, but that dinger was what people remember him by. Marlins got swept in two games by Philadelphia. He had signed a one-year $10 million deal with the Mets. Um, another year older, coming off kind of a bad end to his season. Could the Cardinals land him on a similar deal or something cheaper, preferably? 
due to the age and the way he finished this season? Who knows? Uh, body of work as a whole, if you just look at uh, the numbers at the end of the day, not that bad. Six and six, 3.03 ERA, 18 saves. ERA plus of uh, 143. It's something I'd be interested in for sure. All right, next on the list, Craig Kimbrell, one of the most unique setups before he throws a pitch in the history of Major League Baseball. You're seeing it on the screen here um, on YouTube. Nine-time All-Star. Nine times. I had no idea it had been that many times. He's 35. He's going to be 36. Has been with a lot of people, Atlanta, San Diego, Boston, both Chicago teams, the Dodgers. And then last year he's with the Phillies where he goes eight and six with a 3.26 ERA, 23 saves and an ERA plus of 132. Spot rack has an estimated estimated value at uh, just under $10 million. Uh, Kimbrell has years where he's been amazing. And then he's got these weird years where you're just like, who is this guy? Is he done? Is he, is, is, is the career over? Is he finally gone kaput? I've always liked him and his demeanor. So he's certainly another name to keep an eye on. He might be uh, a little too expensive just because of his um, his track record as a closer. Like People are going to see nine-time All-Star, and they're going to pay more for that. Um, how about a guy who was available last year that I wanted the Cardinals to take a look at? He ends up signing with the Angels, who then put him on waivers at the end of August when they were out of the race. The Guardians grab him, and then the Marlins end up taking him off waivers again in September. J.D., who is this guy that apparently, depending on how you look at it, nobody wanted yet a playoff team wanted him in the end. Well, his name is Matt Moore. And Matt Moore is a guy that I've been a fan of for a, a while because he used to be a starter with Tampa Bay. Things didn't work out a couple of years ago. Finally got moved to the bullpen full time, and he's been fantastic ever since. 34 years old. 46 appearances last year between all three of those teams. Finished with a 2.77 ERA, 1.15 whip. He struck out 57 hitters and walked only 14 and 48 in two-thirds innings. On the Cardinals' depth chart, the team has listed in the bullpen right now from the left side, JoJo Romero, John King, and then Matthew Libertor. They've got Thompson and Rom in the starting rotation area. Who knows what they're going to do with Thompson again, like, if they move him back to the bullpen, does he just quit? <laughs> does he just walk away and go, screw you guys, I'm going home. Uh, King was fine last season after he came over from the Rangers, but why not an upgrade here? You know, I think Matthew Libertor, I don't know if he's they're going to keep him as a relief pitcher or send him back down to Memphis, have him become a starter. For, I don't know what they're going to decide there, but I, I would like to upgrade the John King spot. JoJo was pretty good, but I'd like to upgrade that John King spot. In his last two seasons combined for Matt Moore, he pitched in 113 games, has a 10-3 record, 2.20 ERA, ERA plus of 191. And Spotrack doesn't have his market value all that high, 3.4 million. Signed for seven and a half last year. I liked him last year. I'd love to see them have a conversation with him again this year. Let's get serious about fixing this bullpen and uh, give my guy Matt Moore, give, give him a little ring. Uh, other names to talk about, uh, Phil Mayton, formerly of the Astros, Paducah, Kentucky native, which is about an hour and a half east of, uh, one of my old stomping grounds, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Uh, that's a name that's been linked with the Cardinals. I know Josh, uh, brought him up yesterday. Liam Hendricks, formerly of the White Sox, AL comeback player of the year. 
I don't know. I, I'm guessing he's healthy and everything's okay. That's a guy I would think about. Will Smith, he's won three World Series rings in a row. How about that lucky charm in your bullpen? Uh, former Cardinal Joe Kelly. A roll this Chapman. A roll this Chapman's out there. He's probably going to be expensive, though. And I don't know. Everybody keeps <laughs> – everywhere he goes, people seem to keep finding issues with him. So maybe we stay away from that. But he's out there. Um, just saying, there are some familiar names that are available who have closing experience, which, again, I think is where they should aim a bit just because of the uncertainty with Helsley's health each year. The injuries are a real thing with Ryan Helsley, let's be honest. When he's out there, pretty darn good. But when he's hurt, who do you turn to? We're not doing the Giovanni Gallegos thing again, are we, as the, the pseudo-closer? If Helsley's, I see, I don't want to do that. I'd rather have somebody ready to go, kind of the way they're doing it with Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson in case something happens to Matt's or you know what I mean? Like if somebody goes down, they've got guys who are ready to eat innings. I need somebody who's got some closing experience out there along with Helsley. I think that's just the smart move. All right. We're going to wrap things up next with some news and notes from around the league. The uh, relievers of the year were announced. And uh, what's the latest on the Juan Soto trade talks? We'll get into it next on Locked on Cardinals. Once again, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Why 24-7? Well, because we all have different hours. They change from time to time, and uh, you need your sports. So whether you're working first, second, third shift, we got you covered. Top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Uh, congratulations to St. Louis native Devin Williams. Named the NL reliever of the year today. The Hazelwood West alum finished with a 1.53 ERA and 36 saves, struck out 87 over 58 and two thirds in 61 games. Cardinals should just trade for him. You know, Milwaukee wants to blow things up. They want to ship these guys out. We'll take them. Bring them on home. Come on home, Devin. Uh, Williams becomes one of just six active players to win multiple reliever of the year awards. The others, a couple of them we just talked about. Craig Kimbrell's got three. Josh Hader's got three. Edwin Diaz, two. Liam Hendricks has two, and then Kenley Jansen has two. Three of those guys are free agents. Just saying, you can fix this bullpen. It's not that difficult. Uh, in the AL, it was Baltimore's Felix Bautista. Um, 1.48 ERA, 33 saves, 110 strikeouts and 61 innings. Remember, his season ended early because of the elbow issue. He's going to be out all next year with Tommy John surgery because he didn't have it until like at the end of August or something. So, He's out for a while. Uh, former Yankees starter Luis Severino, not going too far. Doesn't even have to move houses or condos, whatever he's in. Reports have him signing with the Mets. The deal is expected to be for one year and worth $13 million. That, according to ESPN's Jeff Passan, 29 years old, was once considered the Yankees' ace of the future, had this great career going, and then injuries have just chewed him up and spit him out over the last, like, four years. Um, three starts in 2019 due to shoulder rotator cuff inflammation and a grade two lat strain. Tommy John surgery in 2020. Another right lat injury in the middle of the 2022 season. A reoccurrence of the right lat strain in spring training last year. Returned to the mound in May and just did not look like himself. Cardinals beat the hell out of him. Um on the year, 6.65 ERA, 1.65 whip. 
Career low, 8Ks per 9 and 19 games. And then he got hurt again. High-grade left oblique strain during uh, a start in September against the Brewers, and the season was over. So um, going over to the Mets. If he bounces back to what he used to be, that's a that's a great signing for the Mets. If he doesn't, eh, whatever. They're, they got money coming out their ears. Uh, speaking of the Yankees, trade talks between the Yankees and Padres regarding Juan Soto have progressed to the point where the two sides have exchanged names who could potentially be involved in the return going back to San Diego. That according to a report from SNY's Andy Martino. However, they say no deal is close yet. Per Martino, the Padres are looking at top prospects and rookies like Jason Dominguez, Anthony Volpe, uh, young major league pitchers such as Michael King and Clark Schmidt. MLB Network insider John Heyman has heard Similar things about the Yankees, and uh, he says that the Yankees, the Giants, and the Mets are the three most likely landing spots for the 25-year-old outfielder. Juan Soto is supposed to be 30 by now. How is he only 25? That's crazy. You guys remember when the Cardinals almost got him from Washington like two seasons ago? And uh, everybody thought it was like Dylan Carlson was the hang-up, and that's why the Cardinals didn't get him. That was fun. Oh, good old days. No, a trade for Juan Soto does not make a lot of sense for the Cardinals right now. So don't even really worry about that too much. Plus, from uh, everything I've read, he's destined for free agency. So you're trading for him. You get him for this season. Then he's a free agent. And then he can go sign for however many years with whoever he wants for how much money. And remember, didn't he turn down like a $400 million offer from the Nationals? I don't think you're going to get that now. But anyhow. I wouldn't suspect anything with the Cardinals would go on there. Although that would be funny that they get him now <laughs> instead of a couple of years ago. All right, we got to wrap things up. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and the JD Sports Radio. Like, subscribe on YouTube, help our channel and our love for the Cardinals grow. Tomorrow, we are supposed to have a guest on the show. I don't want to say who it is because... I don't want some because the, the schedules have been really tough to try to get this person in. And I'm hoping it all works out. So we're supposed to have a guest tomorrow to talk about all of the stuff going on with the Cardinals ahead of the winter meeting. So um, we'll have a we'll have another chair in here tomorrow. So you guys are the best fans in baseball. Hope you to hope hope to see you back here tomorrow. Have a great night. I can hear my wife listening to Rudolph the Red Red Nosed Reindeer in the other room. I got to go. Our anniversary is tomorrow, by the way. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for watching Locked on Cardinals.